You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Dave Bopp. Dave, thanks so much for being here today. Hi, Brainerd. Thanks for having me. Dave, we're talking about your show, Fear of the Invisible, uh, which is running through October 22nd at Cindy Rucker Gallery in New York City. Um, I saw the show and it was it was beautiful. It really kind of amazing surfaces and and work. Uh, first, I, I want to ask you a little bit about the the title, which has a lot of associations for me. But um, but what does the title mean for you? Fear of the invisible. That seems to mean something else in a post pandemic era potentially. But uh, I'm curious about that title. Yeah, well, um, for every show, I'm looking for titles, and I just um, stick out my antennas and hope something comes across which could which could fit uh, to the show and to the paintings I'm showing. And this time, I was in maybe a little bit of the story around it was that uh, I was visit, visiting France, which had an opening in Paris. And during this weekend, we went into another gallery. The gallery is called uh, Zwirner, and an old man was sitting there um, signing his comic books. <laughs> and first, I didn't know who it, is, who it is, and then my friend told me, ah, this is Robert Crump. <laughs> okay, cool. So let's get this, this comic signed, and it's a new comic by him. And the first page I op- uh, opened, uh, this, the title of the story which in this book uh, was Fear of the Invisible. And this completely catched me. <laughs> and as I often do, I take, this expre- I take these expressions or words or sentences and I hijack them because I want to use it for my own. Yeah. I want to use it for my paintings. I want to use it as titles for my shows. And of course, by doing this, this tile completely shifts in its meaning and in, in, its, in its context. So for me, I mean, there's all, there also was a reason why I got so struck by this title and because it named something on the very point, which um, I don't know. It's, I'm, I'm thinking a lot about, yeah. And also I think a lot of it while working and I think where do these paintings come from and why do I do what I do? And I think fear of the invisible is like name a state in which we are, we are, we humans are often in. We, our perception is so limited to the surroundings, to environment. And so many things happen all at the time simultaneously while we sleep, while we're, we're awake, while how our, the whole function of our body inside of us, always working, doing stuff, and we don't have access to it. And I think this is a very profound feeling um, that we can name stuff which is out of our perception and that we think about stuff which is outside of it. I think this is something which makes us human in a way. And also, the second thing which comes with it, with that, is the fear of it. Yeah. <laughs> and what happens when you fear something? Yeah, you have to face it, <laughs> and you have to 
gives you your fear an image. Yeah. And this is, I think, a very interesting moment in, in our head, in our brains, what happens. Um, sort of vacuum when you think about this stuff, which kind of generates a vortex, which is going to be filled with meaning. You have to give meaning to this invisible stuff. And I think this is just quite, I operate in my studio <laughs> or, or what, what um, happens in my studio, just not, in, not only um, in, um, in, in my thoughts, more in, in a physical way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you copy? <laughs> I like that. I do. Yeah. Um, I like that very much. And it's, there's so much to explore there. And I, I want to get into just the paintings itself, but the, the fear of the invisible, of course, um, does also relate. And I, I'm not sure if it was in that Robert Crumb comic, because I, I think I know that latest comic that you're talking about, but it, in, in that case, it, it was, or can be about, um, you know, as you're, as you're alluding to the, the pandemic, COVID things we can't see, uh, germs uh, is specifically right but but there's so many more things of course that we can't uh, see for example when we'll die or when we'll be ill next you know that's that's the future is also invisible so it it seems to have an enormous amount of meanings right just fear of fear in a sense you know fear itself is 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 invisible right yeah i mean fear is yeah, that's very nicely said, actually. Yeah, yeah. And I think also a, a synonym for fear is also the nothingness or some kind of hereafter, death, all this stuff. And also the present, not, not the present, but the, the past and the future. I mean, we, we are, when you think about it, it's just that we are so limited <laughs> in, and everything which went into the past, like the, the beginning of our talk already, is, is not actually existing anymore, and it, it, it's already gone. <laughs> and it's just, I, I think as an artist, you think a lot about this stuff, and you try to give, give this some kind of, to, to make sense out of it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's maybe why I choose, my tools for, for working on these questions is painting. Yeah. Yeah. And so to talk about the work that's in the show, these works um, sometimes look like landscapes. Sometimes they look um, completely abstract, like, um, you know, interstellar landscapes, something like that. You know, uh, there's, I don't know if, if I'm reading that into it or there's something specific there, but it does seem like, there's two different approaches here, right? We're, we'll get more into each one, but these are these are abstract works that sometimes have a, a horizon line. It seems to me, and and sometimes yeah. they don't. So, is there is there are those really two different approaches? You know, is, in your mind, or am I just reading that into it? Well, I don't think that there's two different approaches. Um, I also discovered this one line, like the works which you associate more to landscapes have this uh, line going from left to right and dividing the picture in, in two parts. Yeah. And other, other images, paintings, they don't have this, but I wouldn't say that they're not landscapes if they're missing this line, yeah, this horizon. Yeah. 
And I'm more in the terms, when I speak of my paintings, not maybe landscapes, maybe I, I prefer the term uh, stage, stages. And as you said, like, um, you're not sure if you interpreted it right. Um, I don't think there is a right way to do it. <laughs> but I, I, I also see that many people talk about the same issue, like the landscape stuff, and which connects them, co connects the viewers with, an, with, with each other. And also, I think these paintings were, you, you told that, uh, you said that the, this horizon is missing, becomes kind of landscape because of the paintings next to it. You know? I mean, that's how, how it turns out for myself. You know? yeah. yeah, that, ma that makes sense to me. And, um, you know, the, the works are, I saw them on two levels. I mean, I, I, the show has, of course, a, a ground floor level and, and, a, and a lower level. These works are, are beautiful colors. The surface is gorgeous. There seems to be a lot of layers. One thing that uh, I, I probably would have missed if I hadn't seen them is that there's also um, not just paint on these surfaces and a type of layering, but there's, there's geodes, there's stones, there's slices of stones in, in here, um, which, which are remarkable, right? I've never seen that in, in, in paintings before, but also um, they're, they're a way of looking at the painting on two different levels, right? We see the painting itself from, let's say, four or five feet, uh, you know, a, a distance away in the middle of the gallery that has one feeling, and then up close, something else is happening, which is we get involved in these, the way we would with, with gemstones or geodes, what's happening in all these layers. So that's a, that's a really wonderful kind of experience to have, to have both of that. Um, so to talk about your, your, your work with these stones, that seems to bring it into two levels, right? We're, we're up close and yet we're further away. And, and it's kind of what paint comes from in some ways, these, these minerals. Um, have, tell me a little bit about that, your use of, of, of minerals in these stones, in these, in these works. I mean, I, I never reduced my, my materials only to paint, you know, and maybe also because I don't think a lot of, of my paintings as paintings, I think more of them as images, and every material which I like is, is for use, you know. And how I got to these uh, geodes was um, I did by my, um, uh, how you say, um, like, like the, the kid of my best friend had his first birthday and I've, I wanted to build a planetary mobile for him to hang over his bed. And I was in this huge door with, with all these kind of uh, stones. And in the basement, I discovered all these geodes, like massive amounts of geodes. <laughs> and I was just completely, yeah, flashed by it and um, decided to buy lots of them because they were cheap and beautiful. <laughs> and I, they just were here in my studio, like also other materials, and someday, somehow, they just suddenly get into the work. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, it's also possible because they have this. I mean, there's quite of. Um, they're quite. They looked a bit the same, like the paint I or how I apply paint, how I use paint, and the kind of paint I use. So this um, um, marbled surfaces, yeah, reappear in these stones. So it was kind of, uh, yeah, okay to use them. I I thought, <laughs> yeah, that's how I got to them. Yeah. Yeah, they're beautiful. So. We haven't talked about this, but these these paintings feel like they're of also outer space, right? These are taking us to a world that we don't recognize at all. Um, you know, it it feels like these this isn't just entirely abstract. It feels like like space. There's dimension to this, but also, um, if I'm not reading too much into this, it it feels as though we're we're looking at an image of space itself, of something very, very far away from us, which, um, you know, has, has its own type of, of fear. Do you see them that way, that these are images of, of, of space itself or something related to that? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as I, as I just said before, that I don't think... I, I rather name my paintings images and maybe... The word painting, I use, I, I, I understand painting as a vessel to bring me to places I couldn't dream of before. Yeah? Uh, a kind of tool which allows me to strand on, 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 on places far, far away from, <laughs> from everything, from everything I can imagine. And by, by painting, I, I'm, I'm seeing myself as a kind of a faci- facilitator who enables something to come to existence. And I mean, I, I'm, I really seek for this feeling, like this feeling of, of wonder when, when this painting is finished or when a painting is finished and wondering how, how, how the fuck did I get here? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. hey, you mean, how did you get to this? How did you get to this place in this world, or how did you get to this place in your in your studio in this work? Yeah, maybe both. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I mean, in my studio, these are kind of windows. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. There are not a lot of windows in my studio, so I have to paint them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love that. Yeah, the idea of windows because there's something to that, and and but of course, it's what you want to see through the window, right? You could have easily yeah. painted a window with you know, another scene, a street scene or something. But this yeah, yeah. this is a kind of a launching yourself into something that, you know, to come back to the beginning of our conversation is potentially fearful because these this isn't a uh, this isn't something we we recognize. But at the same time, for me anyway, it draws you in. It's it's these are gorgeous uh kind of images and colors, so we're we're pulled into them both by the the color and imagery and form, but also uh, by the surface itself. So there's a kind of a a push and pull there almost, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, you're saying that you think that the colors are beautiful and and beautiful images, but I, I w- would like to ask you: Would you really like to be in this place where you're looking at, like really physically with your own body standing it there? Because I, I, I think I'd rather not. <laughs> yeah. They have something also very hostile, 
Also because they're, yeah. We, yeah, we think about them like places far, far away, and also this 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 romantic, which we which we have when you look at them and and look at the beautiful shapes, colors, and everything, is is maybe the same romantic like when you're in a car, and outside is thunder and lightning and a storm, and it it gets like really con like you, you get this really nice feeling seeing it, but you would never choose to stay outside of the car. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's so interesting, right? Um, space is gorgeous. We're wowed by that imagery, but right, we don't actually want to be there. That would be terrifying, which is yeah, yeah. a nice yeah. Um, way to put it. So to talk about some of this process, uh, it almost the surface almost looks like encaustic, but I know it's not, right? You're you're using another technique. Some of the surfaces looked like um, there were layers on them that were peeled away. Other parts looked like they were um, there were things embedded in them, or or even a type of uh, kind of dimpling in the surface. What's happening there? This isn't there's a, there's a very unusual process you're using. Is, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm working on on my technique since years now. Well, maybe ten ten years or twelve years. Yeah. Well, since, since I began to study at the Academy in Stuttgart and I never really visited any workshops or lessons by about techniques uh, I, I really I think I really gained it by myself and also constantly tried to um, increase my, my, my repertoire on materials and, and techniques and with everything you do, you get new ideas, what could be done, which you want to try next. And so meanwhile, I end up with my main material is this um, resin, uh, water-based resin, which I can completely pigment by myself. I mean, in the beginning, I also used uh, spray cans, spray paints and everything, but always when there was a limitation, like spray cans, you can you cannot mix the colors by yourself, and I don't like limitations, so I always looked for for a loophole to um, yeah to 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 don't be limited yeah and also I I I was sure that I need um, some kind of catalysts like um, stencils. So first, I always cut this this stencil by myself into paper, and realized that this is so much needs so much time always. And then I, I bought myself a cutting plotter, which meant that I need a computer where I where I draw uh, my shapes, which I can send to the cutting plotter. And this was a very very important decision <laughs> because I love this machine still. This is maybe the most important part uh, in my studio, and. So maybe I just tell a bit more about how all this all this happens. Um, the first thing I do to overcome this white surface of of this aluminum aluminum panels, I just pure paint and make a big mess and wait till it's dried. After I take a photo, take it into the computer where I start to arranged in the next composition I want to do. Like I, I have a, a, a big display, a tablet where I can draw on, on the surface of the display. And 
Also, I use uh, via Photoshop different kind of filters to compress the, the picture, to split the whole thing in only black and white parts. And then I can extract those shapes which I generate and reuse them, like multiply them or do whatever I want, do whatever the program is, is built for. And then when I'm finished and I have my first layer on, on the computer, I have these shapes arranged around the, 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 this intermediate stage of the painting I, I took the photograph of. Uh, then I send these shapes to the cutting plotter, which cuts into that, this shape uh, exactly into the adhesive foil. And after that, I um, trans, uh, transfer them onto the surface, paint over them, and take off the, 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 the foil. And then I, that's the moment when, when I see what really happens. <laughs> so you could imagine that this, the, the way I paint is, like when I'm really painting, phys like physically painting, I'm painting blind, you know? Because the stencil um, and also the paint just, just covers all of the painting, how it looked before. And the only reference I have is on the computer, like an image. And yeah, and this is maybe the, always the, the highlight of the day, taking off the foil and see what happens. And yeah, be surprised <laughs> and figure out how, what, what's next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that you explain that because that's almost um, like the surprise of printmaking a little bit, right? In, in, in some yeah. in some cases, printmaking is always a surprise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And go on and on, and and layer layer comes after layer, and sometimes I need maybe forty or fifty layers, and sometimes it's already done in two or three layers, and I never know. <laughs> yeah, it's always um, yeah, I never know. It's been great talking to you about this. Um, really beautiful show, and, and thanks for explaining that process. I, I want to ask you one more question, a little off-topic, but uh, what are you reading at the moment? I'm always curious. Well, I'm not, I'm not a big reader. <laughs> um, the problem is that I forgot everything I read. <laughs> I forget a lot. Yeah. And, but I, I, I'll, try, I'll try, and at the moment it's comic books, to be honest, yeah. <laughs> In any particular comic books? I mean, I love the comic books of R. Crumb that you mentioned. I know that I know that yeah. latest comic book. I have that one as well. Um, are the comics you're reading R. Crumb, or is there other comics? Um, All that's kinds of interesting. Comics, like anything Crumb, also Calvin Hobbes, I, I like a lot, and the whole Marvel and DC comics. Uh, right now, I'm I'm reading Spawn. I really like Spawn. Yeah, yeah, and also. And also I collect a lot of monographs, but mostly I look at the pictures and yeah, I have to force myself to read the text written about the artist sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I certainly understand that. Dave, I want to thank you so much for talking with me today and for putting together this beautiful show. Congratulations on the, thank you, on the gorgeous thank show you. at Cindy Rucker. Thank you. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more.